Welcome to the Thursday, January 13th edition of the Daily Wager podcast. Lot of NBA to cover tonight. Lot of NBA to cover. So settle in and we're going to get you set in up to 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. All right, boys and girls, we're back. Welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. How's it going, buddy? I don't think you and I have done one of these for a while together. No, I, uh, it's been a minute. It's probably been the uh, best two or three weeks of my life getting to avoid you <laughs> at 9 a.m. in the morning. So I don't know what I did to our uh, producers and schedule makers to get stuck with you again. But uh, alas, I reluctantly show up because I got to pay the bills. First shot fired. Nicely done. You claimed the first round in this battle. Um, all right. What's interesting tonight is you and I were just talking before we started this, and we've got plays in a lot of the similar games, so we can rip through here. Marquee game of the night. The Bucks are hosting the Golden State Warriors. Bucks opened as a two-point favorite. It's come down a little bit to one and a half, depending on where you look. So there has been some Golden State Warrior money. No Draymond Green for the Warriors. No Drew Holiday. Uh, for the Bucks because of the ankle. No George Hill for the Bucks as well. He's in the league's health and safety protocols for COVID. How do you see this one? Yeah, I lean the Bucks side uh, with Draymond being out. I think that's more significant for um, their matchup against Giannis Antetokounmpo in the paint. So uh, with this game being in Milwaukee and with Giannis being available to go against a defense that doesn't have its linchpin, I would lean to the Bucks side, although the holiday – uh, absence will hurt against someone like Steph Curry. So uh, my my most confident play is uh, Clay Thompson props. Uh, Thompson, his uh, point prop is 13 and a half. His three point field goal prop is two and a half. I would play both of those over. Clay has played two games. He's appeared for 20 minutes in both games. I don't expect that to necessarily jump up big time. He may get an extra minute or two in those 20 minutes. But what's most important to note about Clay in the two games that he has played, despite being on the floor for only 20 minutes, he has taken 18 and 13 field goal attempts. He is averaging 15 and a half field goal attempts in just his 20 minutes. So it's very clear that the Warriors want him to, and he is obliging and getting his FGAs up, his field goal attempts up while he is out there on the floor. He scored 17 points and 14 points in his two games. So both of those numbers would clear this threshold of 13 and a half. You have a spot for the Golden State Warriors. That's actually a slight pace up. I think the Warriors are 12th in the NBA in pace. And the Golden State Warriors are sorry, the Warriors are 12th in pace and the Bucks are 10th in pace. So it's a slight pace up spot. And what I like most about this matchup for Clay is that no team in the NBA is allowing more three point field goal attempts than the Milwaukee Bucks. They're allowing their opponents to get off 41.7 three point field goal attempts per game. No other team is above 40 in the NBA. So Milwaukee, the design of their defense is to pack the paint and let you fire away from three. <laughs> what do you think Clay Thompson is going to want to do? I wouldn't be shocked if, you know, he shoots the ball 15 times and 10 or 11 of those are three-point attempts. That's why I'm over for points. I'm over for three-point field goal makes for Clay Thompson. The matchup dictates that they're going to need his scoring a little bit to keep up with Giannis, and Milwaukee will gladly let you fire from three, even if you are Steph Curry or Clay Thompson. It's interesting. It's almost like someone tried to tell you last Sunday on a digital show called Bet that Clay Thompson would take a lot of shots, and you just spit in the face of that analysis and bet the under on his scoring prop. I wonder who that was. I don't recall. You'll have to, uh, <laughs> you'll have to pull those Bruder film up because my memory is blank, Joe. Um, I kind of side with what you're thinking in this game. I like the Bucks in the first half. They're one of the best first-half teams in the NBA this year. They're 26 and 17 against the spread in the first half, but especially solid at home. 
13 and seven. Why? Because they're number one in the NBA in first half scoring when playing at home. The only team eclipsing 60 points per half in the first half when playing at home. All right, the Warriors are the exact opposite. They are fantastic in the third quarter, but in the first half, 6, 12, and 1 against the number when playing on the road. No Draymond Green is a huge blow to both the offense and the defense. Both teams coming off losses. I like Milwaukee to bounce back big early. I want to take the third quarter out of the equation because that's where the Warriors thrive. So I'll play Minnesota minus, or excuse me, Milwaukee minus half a point in the first half over the Golden State Warriors. As we keep it moving, Brooklyn had a big win at Chicago last night. They are now hosting the dreck of the NBA and the Oklahoma City Thunder, although the Magic can make a good case for that as well. Uh, Brooklyn laying seven, total of 219. Any angle here? (laughs) Oh, God, this is a plug-your-nose situation. I want to first point out that Brooklyn, regardless of who they've had available or not, and they are likely going to rest a couple of their big stars given the travel they've just been through, 4-16-1 ATS at home this season. I repeat, the Brooklyn Nets, 4-16-1 ATS at home this season. That's the worst in the NBA by far, and we can sit here and try and guess as to why that is the case. Are the numbers being inflated because they're at home? Do they have a true home court advantage? Are they out, you know, in Manhattan the night before? I don't know, but those are the facts. They've covered just four of 21 games at home this season. But on the other side, you're asking to trust the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it's only seven points. If it was 10 or more, I would love the Thunder. I would love double digits, but I think the market is expecting Brooklyn to sit some of their stars. And I don't know if that necessarily helps this trend because guys like Patty Mills, Cam Thomas, and some of those uh, guys off the bench, I think they can absolutely dominate an Oklahoma City team because they're still good basketball players when they soak up a lot of the usage. So I will reluctantly, small wager, take the Thunder plus seven here. This is the third game in four nights or four days for Port, or for uh, Brooklyn. They played in Brooklyn on Sunday afternoon, flew across country to Portland to play in Portland on uh, Monday night, and then last night on their way back to Brooklyn on Wednesday, stopped in Chicago for a 9 p.m. local tip-off, a 10 p.m. Eastern tip-off, and now they're back in Brooklyn uh, after that game Wednesday, which was a great win for them on the road against Chicago, and they're back home in this spot where they look on the the calendar and it's the Oklahoma city thunder coming to town. So I'm not sure they're going to be jacked for this game. I'm sure they're going to be tired. I'm sure they're going to be resting some guys. So I will reluctantly half unit place uh, a wager on the thunder plus seven. I wish it was closer to nine or 10, but uh, I'll follow this trend where Brooklyn's four 16 and one ATS at home. I like it. I like it a lot. Open nine down to seven. I'm going to play the Oklahoma city team total. I'm going to go over 105 and a half points. You mentioned the situation. This is a brutal spot for Brooklyn with all the travel and the late night last night. OKC's rested. OKC's the worst offense in the league. They're averaging hundred points per game. All right. So we're asking them to eclipse that number, but not by a whole lot. They're going to get up for the game. It's the nets. The nets, as you mentioned, are a terrible team when playing at home. 20th in points allowed at home this season. That's 109th. Their defense has gotten better this year from last year, but they're still giving up a ton of points at home. And given the situation, I like OKC to hit 106 points. I really do. So I'm going to play the team total over there. I'm in line with you. I think the Thunder give us a feisty effort tonight. Game number three, you have the Denver Nuggets hosting the Portland Trailblazers. Denver's laying 10.5, total of 211.5. What do you like here? Oh, God, the poor Portland Trailblazers. It's an absolute mess right now. (laughs) Damian Lillard's going to have surgery. They still have no C.J. McCollum. Uh, Norm Powell is in health and safety protocols. They are down to basically use of Nurkic. And 
you know, whatever Dennis Smith Jr., who was once upon a time one of the most exciting young players in the NBA for his athleticism. Uh, he's kind of a, a vagabond at this point. So um, I, I'm going to play their team total under, which is just a hundred and a half. But this game is in Denver. Denver is a team that, you know, slows the pace down because they are, their orbit revolves around the league's MVP, Nikola Jokic, and as a big man and everyone else uh, basically being hurt on that team, uh, he, he has to be on the floor 35 to 38 minutes a night. And you can't be sprinting up and down the floor with uh, Nikola Jokic. You got to conserve some of his energy. So pace down, big time spot for Portland. They're way worse on the road than they are at home. Not that they're great on the home at home. Pardon me. Uh, so I just think this is a spot where I play Portland's team total under. It is a very low number of a 100 and a half, but um, that is how I would look at this game. Jokic should be able to do whatever he wants as he always does. Um, but his, you know, point and rebound prop are, are, are way up there. His rebound prop is 12 and a half and his point prop is, um, to, 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 to do 24 and a half. I kind of like the point prop a little bit more, but it, it, you just don't know where the production is going to come from. He'll likely have, you know, 20, 25 points, you know, 10 to 15 rebounds and seven or eight assists, but it could pop up where he ends up a 25 and 20 night, which is four assists. So I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, I just don't know where the production is going to come from, especially since Yurkic, uh, his old teammate, Yusuf Nurkic is uh, big enough to um, match up with him. So I'll just play the Portland side. Their struggles will continue. I don't think they'll score a lot because Denver will slow it down. Not that they're a great defensive team, but I think they're going to slow it down and win this game. So I'll play Portland under 100 and a half points. Similar mindset, Nuggets Blazers, first quarter under 54 and a half. So get this, total opens around 216 and a half. It's dropped five points to 211 and a half. But the first quarter is still sitting 54 and a half. If you just multiply that by four, that gives you 218 points. Okay, 218. So I don't think they've adjusted the first quarter like they should, especially when you consider the following. Look at the home road splits. Denver at home this season in the first quarter, 11, 4, and 1 to the under. Portland on the road in the first quarter this season, 10 and 5 to Ooh. the under. Denver's got a great defense early in games when they're playing at home. They're seventh in the NBA in first quarter points allowed at home. Portland's 25th in the NBA in first quarter points scored on the road. So you got all the stats you need that line up for this. Both teams are 19th or slower in pace. And again, the total is plummeting, but they haven't adjusted the first quarter under. So under 54 and a half first quarter Blazers and Nuggets. Final game we're going to discuss today. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizz off a huge win against the Warriors laying four total of 230 and a half. What's the move? I mean, I'm not going to get in the way of the Memphis Grizzlies, uh, the Timberwolves. They've been surprisingly spry this season. Anthony Edwards is exciting. Carl Anthony Towns is playing really good basketball, but I'm not going to get in the way of the Grizz here. They are down one key rotation player. That is Dylan Brooks. But we've seen this team, even when Ja was out of the lineup, uh, win a lot of basketball games and cover a lot of basketball games. So uh, they're just good. Plain and simple, they're good. Ja is great. Guys like Desmond Bain, Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, Steven Adams know their role, fill it capably, fill it ably. So um, I think the total might be slightly high, 230 and a half. Um, seems a little high uh, because Memphis does have a good defense. And Minnesota, despite having those guys who can score, don't play at a necessarily a fast pace. I know Minnesota has been an under team when they are at home, but this game is in the grindhouse in Memphis. But my official play, small half unit, uh, four, I don't think is high enough uh, or enough respect for Memphis. So I'll lay the four with the Grizzlies. I have a feeling, though, that uh, you might be uh, at odds with your boy here. 
Yeah, a little bit of a disagreement here. Everything you said, Memphis has been red hot, toast in the town, all that stuff. They open as a five-point favorite. It's dropped to four in this one. So we're seeing Minnesota money. I agree with the move. I like the spot. Memphis off the huge win against Golden State. Could be easy to overlook this opponent, especially since Minnesota just lost two nights ago at New Orleans. Awful, dreadful New Orleans. Minnesota lost that game. All right? So it's easy to overlook them. But really, let's go inside the box score of that game. That's as bad of a defensive effort as you'll see from a team in the NBA. The Timberwolves allowed the Pelicans to shoot 55% from the field and 48% from deep in that game. They could not miss. And if Minnesota wins that game and does what they're supposed to do, they're riding the three-game winning streak coming in here. And I don't know if this spread is what it is right now. I think Minnesota's defense has a bounce-back effort. It won't be great because it's never great. But I think you get a bounce-back effort. And keep this in mind. Even though Minnesota's a game under 500 and they don't get a lot of respect, they failed to cover the number just four times in their last 15 games. They're not a team people wants to bet on. So you essentially, I'm not going to say you have a tax betting against them, but it's not as if anyone's caught up to the fact that they're a better team this year than they have been in the past. So it's still these big numbers. They're covering. They're covering on the road. They're covering as a dog. And they're covering as of late. Like I said, they've missed the number just four times in their last 15. So I'll take a shot with Minnesota and you and I will be at odds there. All right. That's a wrap for today. Daily Wager today, ESPN2, 6 p.m. Eastern. We'll be talking about the NBA card. We'll be talking about all the NFL action that's coming this weekend and a bunch of other future stuff in between. Ten minutes of the bets you needed as promised. Thank you for checking us out, everyone. It's greatly appreciated. We will be back tomorrow morning. Best of luck with your action tonight. <laughs>